Listening Dog Media. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Heal is Real podcast with Abby Eastwood and Debbie Mack. Hello and welcome to the Heal is Real podcast. I'm Debbie Mack. And I am Abby Eastwood. Now, our next guest has a very special place in my heart. I met her while filming Dispatches back in 2019 when she was fighting for her life. From her diagnosis of breast implant-associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma, also known as BIA-ALCL, she is literally one of the strongest people I know. It's the lovely Julie Harris. Hello, lovely. Hello, Hello Julie. Thank you for for that really lovely introduction. (laughs) Oh, it's true. You do have a very special place in my heart. And we've stayed in communication, haven't we, since dispatches checked in. I've checked in on you a few times, making sure you're doing okay. You did. You did. How are you now? Um, Okay. Um, Obviously, I had a stem cell transplant um, at the end of all the treatment. Um, and it's left me with um, what they call chemo brain. So uh, forgive me if the words don't come out the, the way they're supposed to. Um, uh, some diverticulitis, uh, scarred lungs, and um, a shriveled pancreas, apparently, according to the doctor. A shriveled pancreas. Oh. I didn't like that word. No, I don't <laughs> like the word shriveled. He could have said maybe shrunken, but he said shriveled. But the thing is, with all of that, it was, you know, it's not the illness. You know, it's uh, it's the treatment. And at least you're here to feel it. So we just get on. <laughs> it's not too bad. Absolutely. Julie, um, Abby has told me, a little bit about your story, but I have been looking forward to uh, talking to you. Should, should we start right from the very beginning? Um, and if you tell us a little bit about why you decided to get breast implants in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I used to work for um, uh, a cosmetic surgery provider, a very, very big one. And I was uh, a consultant and I used to manage a clinic um, for them. And um, because, it, well, at that point, it was really quite, you know, it was a thing and everything was, and it, and for, for me, it was uh, almost free of charge. <laughs> so because I worked for them and it was, it was also nice to be able to say to um, patients that we had, you know, this is what they look like. This is what, you know, this is what you're going to get. This is how, you know, um, and 
to raise confidence in in a, in a lot of women you know I, a lot of people think breast implants are there for you know just vanity and what have you but there were a lot of women who had these uh, breast implants because they they were embarrassed to even show their husbands their breasts you know they've been married maybe 20 years and they still hadn't been able to undress in front of their husbands or whatever because they're embarrassed about the shape or size or whatever of their breasts so in a way it was it was it was like you know I thought oh this is going to be great um so I had them and then the um PIP scandal was came into into the fall and my uh the owner of the uh, uh cosmetic surgery unit advised me to have them changed so I did in 2011 I had them changed um and um by two uh, th then I left and 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 became self-employed um but I still worked alongside one of the surgeons that that I knew very well and um it was 2000 and the end of 2015 and I thought I was going into the menopause because I was 58 whatever it was and I thought I was going into the menopause and I was getting hot sweats and I was breathless and and then all of a sudden my left breast just was swollen it was huge it was maybe three times the size of the uh, of the right breast and um my surgeon, it w w was great. He, he, he drained it. We thought it was just a seroma, um, but it kept happening. Every time he drained it, within days, it was back again. And in the end, he changed that implant, but it still kept coming and do it. Oh, it was just every time it was maybe 500 mils or uh, 400, 300, then back to 500. And it, it it was it it was quite disabling really because you know you could the things you couldn't wear. I'd got my daughter's wedding coming up, um, um, and it was just oh, it was awful. Um, so uh, then after he changed the implant again, um, we just decided that this is just ridiculous. I can't keep doing this, um, and I had them removed. I had the implants removed. Um, that was February 2017, I think. Um, and I, I, it was absolutely, they, they, they were brilliant. I, I said to my best friend, who, who's a nurse, she came along to pick me up from the hospital and I said to her, do you know, I feel as if something's gone that should never, ever have been there. Uh, it, it's just, I feel so much better. Um, I went on holiday when I came back the left breast had swollen again. And I met my surgeon and he said to me, um, I don't want to alarm you, but I've been doing a bit of research because this is getting ridiculous now. This shouldn't be happening. And he found um, an article on uh, breast implant associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. And he said, please don't panic because it's one in 300,000. So please don't panic. It's not going to be this, but we're going to send off the fluid and make sure, you know, that it's not BIA. So we did. We sent off the fluid, but nobody really knew what to check for. 
So I did some research and I found um, a breast surgeon in London called Laura Johnson. Um, and she is part of the MHRA. Um, and she knew exactly what all this was about. And she'd done like um, like little cartoon figures of um, people with one breast larger than the other coming in to thank their surgeon for um, for their uh, for their breast implants. And and uh, underneath it said, "If you see this, please think BIA." Um, so that that's basically your starting point is as soon as your breast starts to swell, um, that's when you need to to be seen. Um, and you need to be seen by somebody who knows about BIA. Now, there's very, very few um, people that do. Um, we When we tested mine, it came back with inflammation. Now... And everybody's like, oh, that's fine. That, that, that's, that's, you know, it isn't BIA because it's inflammation. But inflammation can be a pre-runner, a precursor, if you like, for, um, for breast implant illness and, and um, ALCL. So, um, and at that point in 2017, everybody was saying it's not in the capsule of the breast. It's in the fluid. Now, as time went on, um, and they actually told me in 2017 they thought I'd had a heart attack because I felt so ill. And I went into the hospital and all the, um, uh, what do you want, how can I say it, all the markers for a heart attack had been, were raised. I can't remember the names of it now, but they were all raised. So um, they they were absolutely adamant that I'd had a heart attack. Was this when was this after your implants had been removed, um, Julie? So this heart yes. attack, yeah, okay. Yeah. And was this when the fluid was being tested? Was this the results from the fluid being tested, or was this? Yes, they they tested. Yeah, they tested the fluid, but the fluid um, had to come back with just inflammation. Right. So everybody was saying that, well, it's okay, it's not It's not that. So that was sort of March, April of 2017. Okay. And it was September 2017 when I ended up at the hospital feeling just like I, like I was having a heart attack. And all the markers to say that you've got... Um, I had a heart attack, were raised. Right. So they did every test, every every heart test, but they couldn't find anything. And I kept saying to them, do you think it's anything to do with this uh, this swelling in the, in the breast? Uh, and basically it was just, oh, don't be ridiculous. How, how can a, 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 a breast swelling cause a heart attack? Um, and I would say, no, I don't mean it's a heart attack. I mean, do you think all these markers are raised because of this? But to me, that's GP... obvious. <laughs> You've got something <laughs> really weird going on with your boob and there's something else weird going on. Are they related? No, of course not. What? No, of course they're not. <laughs> that is, I know, I know. And it got, it got really silly in the end because um, I decided to, uh, to get the fluid tested again, but privately. Um, and then I was, so I was being looked after by the, uh, the cardiologists. Um, and then I decided to do this and I told the cardiologist I was going to do it. So I went to the, to a private hospital, had the, uh, fluid 
removed and tested again. But uh, and it came back that it wasn't. Um, that what it, the the marker for it is it's a CD30. ALK negative. So if you get CD30 positive, ALK negative, then you have breast implant associated ALCL. Um, and mine came back um, that it that it was it was okay. There was no problem. So again, you, you leave it. But I kept getting. I got more and more poorly. And by um, April 2018, I, I could hardly walk. I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't get up hills. I couldn't breathe. Um, I'd got um, shoulder pain, left shoulder pain. I kept feeling like, I, I, like, like all my nerves were on edge, and I kept saying it was, um, what, what, what? It was like I was being shrink wrapped, and it, it hurt, and it was a horrible, horrible feeling. And I looked, I looked like I died, and nobody had told me. I was so, I looked awful. So I went from that to um, going back to the surgeon. It was my, then it was my stepdaughter's wedding um, in the August of uh, 2018. And so I went to see my surgeon again and another lump had come up just around my clavicle area and it was quite large and it was hard and I went over to Leeds and I went to um to see the surgeon and I knew the girls in the in the unit at Leeds and I couldn't get up the stairs and they were all really worried about me and at this point my surgeon was I could tell he was panicking and he was saying to me you need biopsies now you need to get to the GP you need to sort be biopsies you need something mm. I had to get a taxi to go like a quarter of a mile I couldn't walk and I got home and got to the GP and it was a, a registrar a GP who'd only just qualified and she was being chaperoned by the other GPs and she was amazing and she just said I'm sending you to the breast clinic uh, urgently um, a few of the blood tests were, they were a bit raised, but there was nothing nasty in them. You know, there was nothing that pointed to anything horrible. It was just it, how I looked. Um, so we had the wedding and that was lovely, but I'd even gone off wine. I mean, come on. <laughs> I must have been ill. <laughs> I must have been really ill. <laughs> and I was there, they had champagne and everything at the wedding. And I'm like, oh, no. And, then, and I'd lost weight. My daughter thought I looked. She said, oh, Mom, you look hot. How have you lost all that weight? And I'm thinking, <laughs> I can't tell you right now because I don't want to spoil a wedding. Oh, so... Really. So had you kept all of that from your family as well at the same time? Were you going through this just with your partner knowing? Yes, yeah. The, the way I felt, yeah. Oh, I'm my best friend, Lizzie, because she uh, she was just there the whole time. And I remember saying to her, after I'd been to the um, uh, breast uh, clinic in, in uh Stoke-on-Trent, I went to the Stoke University Hospital and they were amazing. They checked it, the whole thing through and they did a CT scan, they did biopsies, they did absolutely everything right from the word go. And I remember her saying to me, do you have good support at home? 
And I thought, oh, oh, no. oh well. <laughs> As a nurse, that is a really, <laughs> a Red really flag. worrying comment. Yeah. And it's like, do um, and cancel your holiday. That was the other one. And I thought, well, well, this is a downward slope, then, isn't it? Oh, how so, terrifying! Um, it, yeah, but I, I'd said to my friend, they did all the biopsies, and and uh, I remember the uh, 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 doctor that was doing the biopsies. She said to me at one point, "What do you think this is?" And it was on my, on the tip of my tongue to say. It's BIA. And if I'd have said it, she would have confirmed it there and then. But I didn't. I, I, was thinking, I didn't know if I didn't want to know. But at that point, I didn't say. So when I got back, I said to my best friend, I said, if this isn't cancer, I'm going to be disappointed because I can't live like this. If they tell me they don't know what this is, I'm dying anyway. It's, it, it's just, it was so horrible but I went back for the results with my daughter and my partner and he told me that it was BIA um he said it's not good news and I said it's BIA isn't it and he said yes but it gets worse we think you've got a secondary in your bone in your arm so that had to be looked at and the day I had that done I found out from my cosmetic surgeon that the people in Manchester had read the um, the fluid wrongly uh, they hadn't checked it was BIA and I would have known what 10 months before eight, oh my god shocking. I know I know they they'd they, it came back that, that they'd read it a second time and on reflection they felt that yes it was BIA so I, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't have got to that point because then I had the conversation with the haematologist um, that I I'd, I'd had another conversation with Laura Johnson in London and she said, you need Brentuximab first line. It's the only thing that's going to that's gonna help you. But it's it's like 400 grand's worth of, of uh, drug. Yeah. So... My haematologist said he was he was going to look into it for me. He talked to Laura Johnson. I pushed for it because she was saying it, it's the only thing that's going to stop this erupting. So I'd still got the capsule and it was getting to a point where it was going to ulcerate. The tumour in the capsule was going to come out. It was it just looked awful. So, Julie, can I just interrupt for a second? When you had your implants out then, they did leave the capsule in uh, because presumably maybe at that point when you had them out, there wasn't as much um, talk about the fact that the capsule does need to come out as well. Yes, exactly that. The Because uh, they all thought that the um, it was in the fluid and not the capsule. Mm. But the capsule um, was always left in. Even the breast surgeon... Uh, his name was Professor, and I can't remember now, but he said they always leave the breast capsules in because of the shape and everything. It's And it's not a problem usually. But then now they're starting to find that it isn't in the fluid, it's in the capsule. Yeah. So when you have to have this sort of on-block capsulectomy, the whole lot has to, and it has to all go. It really has to, you know, they can't leave any cells at all from that capsule. Um because that's where it is. And um, 
with mine, when I went in, I looked so poorly that um, Paul Ferguson, my haematologist, said, we can't wait to take the capsule out. We've got to start the chemotherapy now. He said, and we're going to start with the CHOP chemotherapy. He said, and then I'm going to, um, we'll get this biopsied to make sure it's, to see if it's a secondary. Um, we'll do a bone marrow biopsy. And then I had the conversation with him on my own where I said, how, you know, on the, a scale of one to five years, how do I, where do I fall? And he said, well, he said, I'm not blunt, I'm pragmatic. He said, and you've come to me very late and your numbers are very low. And I said, well, you know, I'm a bit pragmatic and I've got an insurance, life insurance policy that it comes, that pays out under 12 months. So if, if, um, if that's the case, if that's all I've got, I don't want it, you know, I don't want to be lying there with no hair feeling really ill. I want you to keep me as, as well as you can. Um, and I want to spend that money. <laughs> he said, I'll sign that form for you. And I thought, oh, no, I wanted him to say no. We weren't, we weren't at that point yet. Oh, but he didn't. But, but then a few days later, he rang me and he said two things. A, you haven't got secondaries. And B, you are, um, and we've got your Brentuximab. He'd gone over to America and got it for me. And it was Brentuximab that saved my life. It was just... Uh, he said, I can't believe what this drug has done for us. Um, it just, it, within within one treatment, it had started to shrink the tumour in, uh, in the capsule. That's incredible. It was amazing. And I just, um, well, there were all sorts of offers of all sorts of favours for him from my friends. <laughs> I think it embarrassed him a little bit, but... They were all so pleased. You know, I did tell him. <laughs> and he said he wasn't the first, but, you know. <laughs> but he was... The Stoke University Hospital were just the most amazing... They, they, they did. They saved my life. There's no two ways about it. And, you know, the treatment was... The chemotherapy was horrible, but not as horrible as I thought it was going to be. And if you do everything they ask you to do, um, you get through it. And I had the stem cell transplant, and my hair fell out twice. I, w- I really rocked the Judy Dench look. I was uh, it, it grew back white. <laughs> Listen, Julie, I'm going to say honestly, your hair when you shaved all your hair off, you looked amazing. I mean, when I met you, it was, <laughs> I, I, can, I only I only imagine you as as that Julie because obviously that was first impressions last. But you honestly, you rocked it, honey, with your scarf and everything. You looked incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually think I did have to do it twice but because of the stem cell transplant because the chemo is is the harsh yeah. really harsh one but it was um I, I actually quite <clears throat> I got used to it now my, my son shaved my head for me with all my friends around me um on a bottle of champagne so that's how we did that but uh, well you've got, you've got I, I had got my taste for wine back at that point so you know that was okay <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like you had an but incredible was, support network as well. Yeah. I can't tell you. My other half was amazing. My brother, my best friend, my kids, just, you know, they'd, um, 
I couldn't move without one of them on top of me. <laughs> but they were but they were funny. I mean, you know, the the one thing about this is, you know, I <clears throat> cancer hates laughter. It does. You, you know, and if you keep, you know, I said to. Um, um, my son one day, it, I'd actually come from, um, I'd just put the Christmas tree up. I'd had my second lot of chemo and I put the Christmas tree up and my son walked in and uh, my other half said, your mum's just said, what if this is the last one she puts up? And my son said, well, it's not a bad effort for a last one. <laughs> <laughs> just... It just keeps you, it keeps you level. You have your moments, of course you do. Like um, when they were doing all the, the, the blood tests and the injections and for the stem cell transplant, it went on and on and on. And it was just one needle after another. And I walked up the path and Abby will know because she came to the house. You know where the steps are underneath the pergola? Yeah. The two dogs were lying on the on the grass because it, it was may the two dogs were lying on the grass and the birds were where the birds were and i just stood there and i thought i can't do this i can't do this anymore i've i've just had enough and i sat on the steps and both my boys alfie and ben came and put their heads either side of me like they did and and I thought, you silly mare, what's your choice? You know, you're six foot under or scattered around somebody's tree somewhere. Mm-hmm. No, get on with it. So, and that was probably the only time I felt it. After that, it was just a case of, come on, let's, you know, you, you have to, you have to beat this. But now we're on this, um, I, I joined the um, uh, the forum on um Facebook. It's a group for some undiagnosed. There's hundreds and hundreds of people with BII. So there's a group for that that we're part of. But then there's a a, a separate group for diagnosed people. And every day, one or two more come on. And just recently, last year and then this year, we've just lost two members. One girl was only 26 and she was so beautiful. Um, and she had, uh, she didn't respond to any treatment and they were just starting the brentuximab, but she didn't, she didn't make it. And just last, last week, another member of the group, uh, passed away. Um, and, uh, they'd been in remission and then, you know, it had, it, it had come back. I, I think the cruelest one though, and all over, all over the the world it seems um so many people have had mastectomies and now they've had implants to uh, reconstruct and now they're fighting alcl and it's it's wicked and this but is why we want to raise awareness about this that, julie isn't it yeah yeah we've got to get um uh, when it, there's uh, on this um this forum, there's a, uh, a lady called Jennifer Roth and another one called Terry McGregor. And they're sort of the admins, the um, they're, they're advocates yeah. for this. And they are amazing. They Jennifer are. is so, so clever. Yeah, uh, Terry yeah, yeah. is just incredible. I think it was, I put you in contact with Terry, didn't I? I think when I met you, I'd already, I knew about Terry. Um, and I'll never forget 
that when I first joined the the, the BII group in America, uh, Terry was on there because obviously BIA ALCL back in 2016 was just coming out of the woodworks at that point. And, and I think she was pretty much one of the first people in America to be diagnosed with it. Um, and I remember she posted this picture of herself and she was gone back into the cosmetic surgery, um, cosmetic surgeon's office that... Uh, she had had her operation done in the first place and she stood by a poster of a beautiful woman um, who'd been airbrushed to hell but had had obviously breast implants and was standing there looking stunning with some caption of, you know, a poster girl caption of, you know, you could look this amazing. And she stood next to it and she said, do you not think that they should take a picture of me instead? And she was there with, you know, the shaved head (laughs) and looking sort of, you know, very pale and pasty because she had been going through chemo. And I just... I, I have never, ever forgotten that image and her and her sense of humour, though, at the same time that she had had the balls as well to go in there and take a picture and go, this is what it's like, everyone. This is the reality. Um, but, yeah, it, yeah, she's incredible. She, she is amazing. Yeah. We had a, a, a Zoom meeting shortly after um, you introduced us. We, we had a... FaceTime, whatever. I'm not technical, you know. I, I could see her. That's about. It. That's all I know. <clears throat> but she. I'm very um, proud of you today, Julie, for making it on here. <laughs> so am I. Not as proud as I am. <laughs> um, no, she was. She was absolutely lovely, and we. Um, we've done quite a few bits and pieces and whenever Jennifer comes on with something you know um it's always it to introduce another member that's just been diagnosed and um everybody jumps on to say welcome you know anything you want any support you need and then what she likes is that these people put on their story like I've just told you mine um she likes it to go on so that people you know we can get this out to likes of GPs and you know if it I said to my GP when we went when I went afterwards I mean they've been they've been, it wasn't their fault it was so difficult to diagnose that you know but they could have taken me a little bit more seriously because I knew what I was talking about. Um, But since then, since I've been going in, I've said to them a few times now, if anybody, and to the nurse practitioners, because if anybody with breast implants is going to go to a nurse before they go to a doctor. Um, And I've said to all the practitioners up there, if anybody comes in and they've got this um, uh, breast enlargement, please think BIA. Just, Just... Send and uh, I've given them all the CD30 AOCs, what to test for, the biopsies that they need. So if everybody that's got it can do that, <laughs> maybe, yeah. you know, sort of get the ball rolling with it. Because on this forum last week, there was a, a another woman. Um, and by the time you've been through it, you get to know where they're from. And she was from England. So I went on the forum and just said to her, you know, I'm in England, uh, you know, told a bit the story. Um, You'll be fine. You'll be great. Anything you want, just, you know, text me or message me. And then we found out that she lives three and a half miles away from me. She's in Leek and I'm in... Oh, amazing. It was because she's got the same haematologist as me. 
And because she went... Which is great, because he now knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. He said he said to her the other week when she met him um, that they'd only ever had one person in um, with this. But because of that, they tested and they did CD30 ALK negative. So she got the test straight away. She got the biopsy and they tested for that. And she was, she said, you know, this is because you've been there. They knew. So, Julie, just for um, any woman that's listening that just wants to educate themselves a bit more on BIA, ALCL and the symptoms, can we just go back over what the main symptoms are? For me, initially, it was the uh, swelling of the breast. It doesn't, it's one or the other. It's not usually bilateral. Um, that doesn't mean to say you can't get it in the other capsule, but it's usually unilateral. Um, and it's not just a, a little swelling. It's, you know, the first time that they drain it, it will be like three to 500 mils of fluid. Um, that really is pretty much the only um indication for the ALCL. Okay. I know with BII, you've got to, you've got um, hair loss, mm. um, arthritis, um, uh, fatigue, like you wouldn't believe. And a, a lot of GPs, well, I, I say GPs, that's, that's unfair. A lot of doctors, anybody is going to look at fibromyalgia before they look at BII. So, if you've got implants and you've got any of these, don't don't wait. Get them out before the swelling of the breast because it doesn't mean just because it's only BII, it's not going to get to BIA. I think personally. Well, I mean, they're um, both they're both a, an immune reaction, aren't they? That's what you know. If you think about it, yes. BIA is an immune system cancer. BII <laughs> is an immune reaction. It's along exactly. the same lines, isn't it? Yes, it is. And inflammation, anything like that. Um, they talk on the forum. I didn't have it. But um, the lady that I've just uh, been talking to, um, that I had uh, coffee with on Sunday, she had a thickening of the skin. Um, they talk about a rash, which I didn't have. And they talk about itchy, itchiness, uh, really, really, uh, uh, an itch that you, you just can't scratch. It's so intense um, uh, on the breast. Um, it, lymph nodes can be um, raised. You can have enlarged lymph nodes. Um, for me, it was just, it was that until this, the, the, this large lump on the clavicle. But the minute that breast swells for BIA, ALCL, you go down there and you get a biopsy of the capsule for CD30 ALK negative. If, and that is the only way you're going to find out. And make sure they read it properly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not 10 months later. No, no. <laughs> On reflection. <laughs> 
I have to say, Julie, you look absolutely incredible now. Obviously, uh, we can see each other on video and you are absolutely glowing. Oh, Julie, just thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story and helping us to raise awareness for BIA ALCL on our podcast. Thank you so much. The Heal is Real podcast. That's almost it for this week's episode. Thanks for joining us. Next week, we'll be joined by Anna and Veronica, who share their story with us. For me, finding out about breast implant illness was very new. I had been ill for a very long time, but I never suspected it was um, my implants. Um, so for me to find that group where I could um, you know, ask questions, I could um, you know, read other women's um, stories. Um, I have to admit, though, that in the beginning, I, I, I didn't, I still didn't think it was me, like, because I was seeing stories of women that had symptoms that were a lot worse than mine. So in the beginning, I was like, mm, I still don't think it's my implants. Um, so I stayed in the group and ignored it for a little bit. And then uh, my symptoms uh, became worse and worse. And then I just couldn't um, deny it anymore. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Heal Is Real Podcast. And we'll see you soon.